I suck at jujitsu. How do I suck less? Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 211 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So today, I'm going to show you guys an interview, first interview we've had in a bit, um, but an interview with my friend, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and um, Wim Hof breathwork expert and breath fitness breathwork expert miles lucas um so miles has been on the show before he was on episode 70 and on episode 70 he shared kind of some competition anxiety breathwork and how that kind of worked and um it was very very basic stuff a few weeks later he actually came to my gym and taught a seminar at my gym on breathwork on this episode, you get information on how to bring him in to do that if that is interesting to you. Um, I highly recommend. But um, we did this, uh, you know, he taught us some some Wim Hof breathing exercises for competition anxiety, when to use it, and he gave us a few other ideas. Um, but in the last two and a half years, we've experimented. Uh, me and a lot of people on my team have experimented with this, this different breath work before you compete to help you deal with competition anxiety. And it works so well. And it's something physical, as Miles put it in the last episode, this is a physical thing that you can do. This isn't a mindset. This isn't anything else. This is do these breaths in these time frames. And so, um, it was just really interesting when he explained it to me that way. And so I, I adapted it. And in the last two and a half years, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've competed, but it's been a lot. And then how many times I definitely couldn't tell you, like I could figure out how many times I've competed. I couldn't tell you how many matches I've coached and how many of my guys have competed over these last two and a half years. But like I said, a lot of us have experimented with this. That being said, I expected to be able to not talk on miles level with breath work, but at least, at least ask him good enough questions. But what was interesting to me about this episode versus almost any other episode that we've ever had on the I Second Jiu Jitsu show, 210 episodes uh, that we've done, is that he understood breath work so well that he was explaining it to me so simply and I was able to start to realize where I was going right and where I was going wrong within the first 20 minutes of this episode. And to me, I like it was unbelievable. It was just him explaining when I was doing something wrong especially. I was just so amazed. I didn't even realize I thought that I was doing right. And it's just it was so amazing too. It's like when you get around for the first time the next level of black belt, like just a level of black belt instructor that you have never been around before. And it almost seems magical. And that's kind of how I felt on this episode when he was explaining some of this breathwork stuff, because how much I believe in a lot of this stuff at this point, um, and then him explaining it a little bit differently. And so then some of the stuff that I've found on my own, he was able to conceptualize and simplify in a few words. And it was just, it was unbelievable. But that leads me to this. It also leads to, and you'll notice I made sure to mark it with the commercial break so you would be able to see when this actually happens. But the first time ever on the show, 
I actually run out of stuff to say. And we get to a point, not like I was quiet on purpose, but like he had explained breath work so quickly and easily and smoothly and the values of it, especially for jujitsu in the first 30 minutes that I actually pause and I go, Miles, what do you want to talk about, man? Like, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say to you. I'm supposed to be a podcaster. Uh, so it was just really cool to experience that. And I really think that uh, for me, uh, uh, kind of giving my my stamp of approval to you guys, because I know like you know, when somebody talks about a new concept or a new training method on the show, it's not that much different. When somebody talks about how valuable breath work is and how you probably have been ignoring it completely, something you're a zero out of 10 in and how valuable it would be to be a 10 out of 10, um, it can be a little bit like, oh no, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy's just making something up. He's just finding a new niche or something like that. Uh, I just cannot explain to you guys enough how much your boy, Josh McKinney has benefited from this stuff that Miles has taught him and um, uh, and how much my students and I just how much of a believer in this stuff that I am and how I do think you know and he and he does a great job explaining that he's not the first guy to think this Hickson when you sign up with him he makes you learn breath work you know when you if you get to sign up with Hickson uh, and uh, it's because people realize certain people realize how valuable this is for jujitsu um and man i will stop rambling and just go into this episode but i promise you guys you are really going to love this episode uh and you're really going to get something out of this one be sure to share it with a friend um don't share it with an enemy though because you want them breathing bad so then you can uh beat them up later but that's all i have let's get into this episode let's talk to miles We're good, Logan. All right. Miles Lucas, how are you doing, buddy? I'm awesome. Great to be here. Great to have you. I was listening, re-listening to our last episode we did together on Zoom. That's right. Not not the same. No, we're stuck. We can't smell each other. Mm -hmm. We can't uh, wrestle afterwards. Yep, we can't share the same air. That's right. Uh, I noticed, too, like, that was before we did the seminar. Um, mm. the, the episode that I was listening to, I've only had you on oh, once, correct? That's right. Yeah, sure. And so, um, that was before we ever did the seminar and what's kind of interesting. And I was telling you this before is me and a lot of guys on my team have adapted a lot of different things from the seminar. And I think that that's uncommon yeah. when you do a jujitsu seminar, you know, obviously it wasn't jujitsu that you taught, yeah. but it was for jujitsu. And, um, so I really wanted to kind of just ask you about certain things we've been doing, ask you if we could be doing them better or even why they work. Um, Hey man, that's the greatest compliment possible is that we're doing this stuff now. We're using it all the time. And that's what I constantly promote is the fact that these are techniques. It's a technique. You can, once you learn the technique, you got it. It's not like something you got to keep practicing over and over and over. Um, so it couldn't be better to hear that you guys are using this stuff. I had that. I mean, and, and that was kind of you saying it techniques is um, there was a different way you explained it to me that really made it make sense the last time you were on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, I think you said, 
these are physical triggers. You know, like mm-hmm. these are this is something physical that we can do to create. And we were looking at competition anxiety um, to create like a you know a mental response or even a physical response. And um, you were explaining Thank it you. that way, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes. It makes sense. This is this is the button that you yeah. get to press, right? And um, no, that's I thought a great place to start is okay. competition anxiety and breathing exercises. Um, can you you shared it last time, uh-huh. but could you share some of your perspective of beating competition anxiety with with oh, breath work? Well, that's exactly what led to me doing this stuff at all, right? So, Wim's method, people were supposed to get sick and they didn't get sick. And competition anxiety feels exactly like being sick. Butterflies in your stomach, loss of strength, loss of saliva. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just feel like you got a little tiny flu there for a moment. And it, I thought, man, would this stuff work for that? Could I get rid of that same sickness feeling? Uh, it absolutely did. I, I told you last time how I would, like tested it in kind of wacky locations at the mall. I was trying to do. I was trying to do it somewhere where it was difficult to do. And I still do that. I do fight to wins. I've done like five fight to wins. And uh, I'm not that good, to be honest, dude. I'm 45. I, I train once a week. But I do them to sort of challenge myself and to see if I can really get rid of this anxiety that is inevitable with competition. And it doesn't matter the size of the competition, right? We've all been in these competitions where you, nobody even knows. You got two matches. Nobody's there. The stands are empty. And you, you're, you're raging inside, <laughs> you know? And all your guys, especially if it's your first or your second, and you, you step on the mat and you have to be told later on what happened because, like, you don't even <laughs> remember what happened because, you know, you're in such fight or flight rage. Um, so... Uh, to prove these that these techniques work over and over, and like you said, your guys are doing it. Uh, it's just uh, nobody, I think, can understand this stuff better than people that do jujitsu or some sort of like martial arts, where your your life is on the line almost, you know, for uh-huh. a moment. Uh, and so, yeah, it just keeps working over and over, and I think it can it will continue. And now the latest studies have shown that uh, you don't need whim guidance to get a peak adrenaline level state to get your, your, that's what we're trying to do is bring our adrenaline up so that uh, we can sort of moderate it later on. And then higher adrenaline means we don't have the same immune system response. So we don't have the same sickness feelings that we would have, even if our body's fighting something off. And, uh, and the studies have shown that uh, any regular instructor can guide somebody in their very first time doing it. They've never even done it before. They can guide them into a peak adrenaline level experience. So you guys know it, man. You do a little bit of it. You know how to do it. You can do it on your own. Uh huh. That's it. I um I I probably have uh ten fifteen different competitive breathing exercise stories over this last <laughs> few you know over these last few years. It's been two years since we've talked, yeah, right? For sure. And it's been two years since I kind of looked at these ideas. Mm-hmm. And to your point. I wasn't a good competitor then. I didn't win a lot of stuff at Black Belt. I didn't do very wow, well. Because when we and, rolled, you were an absolute savage. You, it was uh, you. You were better than me. You, you were, t- uh, yeah, definitely but, taking advantage of me two years ago. But sometimes there's like a separation between competitor and the guy in the gym, right? For sure, hundred percent. One of the biggest things that I started to note were there were certain times, and I couldn't explain it. But I was doing breath work before every tournament that I was doing. Mm-hmm. I really went back to it when I had some rib injuries and I said, Ooh. hey, what's a good way to deal with rib injuries? And you commented and said, breath work. 
And that's how I eventually, it took, it took almost a year, but that's how I eventually found fixing that rib injury. Awesome. But then on top of that, we were always doing breath work before competition and kind of just off of what you taught and, and how you taught to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, then kind of to that same point of, it was like, okay, I want to win something big. And so mm. the best way that I could prep myself is to put myself in really precarious situations to compete Heck and yeah. see if breath work would work. And so specifically, I'm in this, uh, I have this super fight. It's in Kansas City. I'm injured. Uh-huh. And I, Perfect. yeah, Perfect what opportunity. <laughs> the, the guy I'm fighting is substantially bigger than me. And it is one of these fights of like, I, um, I have every reason to be nervous. It's a main event. It is sold out. It is packed in this casino. And I, uh, they had got me a hotel room that's connected to the casino. And I went two hours before it was time for me to compete. And I did my breath work Mm -hmm. and I, I did, I peaked my adrenaline to where, yes, to where my, um, one of my students that was with me was watching me. And I like, almost pass out for a couple minutes <laughs> yeah. and I have the face tingles and I'm seeing colors and I'm like, yeah, I've never been there. <laughs> and, yes. um, that might've been too I, much. If I'm being totally honest, yeah. <laughs> my, my injury, I came to the injury eventually in the match, um, which yeah. was not ideal. Well, yeah. um, it was, you know, when your injuries get put on flow grappling, you can almost wonder when you're competing pretty close after that if that guy saw the video too you know and so uh it was one of those fights of like oh no this might not be good but performance and performance anxiety Mm -hmm. in that really really scary place Mm -hmm. and really intense place i didn't even yeah you felt loose i didn't even flinch at it didn't even think twice about the situation that i was in and uh that's awesome i have a bunch of stories like that a bunch of my guys have stories like that and uh you might have overdone it might have done too much of it because I've done that before too, in, where I was like too loose and I wasn't focused, uh, you know, kind of as, as much as I should have been on the test can. I'm test. always too loose. Yeah. I mean, that's that does I could breathe or not breathe, and I'm going to be too loose. Um, I notice that right, I can get right up to that point, mm-hmm. and that tends to be better. Yeah. Right. When I go, I do notice that when I go too far, sometimes I almost. Yeah, I, mm. I, my focus does kind of shift around a little bit or, or bounce around a little bit. Hey, well, what we're going to do tomorrow, because we're doing the workshop tomorrow, uh, we're going to do some of the advanced techniques. We're going to do the refocus. So we're going to go for the high to the sky and, uh, you know, uh, cannabinoids and opioids, it looks like our brains uh, interacting with. And then there's a focus routine that you can do that changes your short-term memory. Did we talk about this last we time? We did not. Oh, man. This is uh, this is the stuff. Nobody, I can't even promote this stuff because nobody's searching for it on Google. Nobody knows that you can change your short-term memory with breath work. Nobody knows. Very few people know. There's a, a, a handful out there, but you can. And the brain waves would show that. So that's what we're going to do tomorrow. You're going to feel it. You're going to be, you're going to get high and then you're going to get refocused. And so you're going to be energetic, focused, memory better. It's good for podcasts. You, you can uh, come up with words better. It lasts about an hour. Uh-huh. That focus, you can tell lasts about an hour. I've noticed like after the hour, you start to sort of uh, come back to normal, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but, it, but it's, it's there. And uh, I would say it's even proven by science according, to, but it's only been one. It's only been me. I've only seen my, my brain waves. Uh, afterwards, but it'll be the routine that I've done for DMT Quest One. It's already out on YouTube. You guys seen that? But uh, DMT Quest Two isn't out yet. But uh, we d- redid brain scans, 
And uh, I've cut down the how you feel into like two sections of 10 minutes. That's exactly what we're going to do tomorrow. All <laughs> right. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, that is definitely what we need uh, <laughs> because that is there are certain things that I do notice that, you know, I don't struggle as much with consistency as in I always notice in like kind of the term I'll use, I can kind of command a mindset um, that I want to be in with my breath work yeah. um, because I've done it enough times and just gotten enough reps of it. Totally. And then I think you have some confidence towards it too. Yeah. Of um, course. And so, but sometimes I notice that like it does go too far. It like, it goes to, you get overly, not overly focused, maybe overly for comp competition, overly intense, overly, you know, what do you think? I, I, I can't even high. I would say you get overly high, probably you get too high and you get too disassociated. Okay. So you need a level of like, uh, of awareness, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with your match. So I did it on my fourth fight to win. I was high as a kite. I huh. did breath work. I found an empty room at this hotel and it was dark and I was seeing like full Jimi Hendrix concerts, like in my head. It was, it was just, I couldn't believe it. And I went way too hard and I'm out there on the mat and like, I had lost where my coach was. And like, I mean, and I just didn't care. And, and, and the match, you know, I, I had a, my, my record was up until my last one that it, at the very least, all my opponents tried to shove me off of the stage because they got so frustrated about what was going on. Cause most of my guys I go against her or heavyweight black belt gym owners and they got a bunch of fan you know a bunch of students and stuff there and so if it doesn't go well for them they get real you know mm -hmm. get upset um but oh uh, yeah i've met i've met people that get upset in competition <laughs> uh -huh. yeah totally but uh but yeah so i learned then that i had to dial it back in and uh and then i kind of uh, learned about this routine and I learned about the disassociation that we feel. And that comes from those like long breath holds uh -huh. that you do. And that's when you start to just sort of float away. If we're doing it in a big group, a few of the people are like, I, was I here for this? Because I, I'm just coming back now. Uh -huh. like, yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to focus a ton on that tomorrow. All right. <laughs> Logan, that feels like concepts. That was what we were saying. What is what's what's Miles going to teach oh. for this next one? And I'm like, oh, it's got to be something conceptualized. It's got to be a bunch of the stuff that he took, boiled down into simple ideas like disassociation. And I didn't say disassociation because I didn't know that term until just until he just said it. It makes um, sense though, right? It that's makes how it feels. so much sense. And it, that's what people think of uh, dizziness. Mm -hmm. Like, diz like oh, I don't like this. I feel dizzy. Well, what is dizziness? Well, it's a layer of consciousness between conscious and unconscious. That's what dizziness is. Mm -hmm. If you're standing, it's telling you to sit down. If you're sit down, if you're sitting down, it's telling you to put your hands down. It's telling you to stop whatever's going around you. Forget about that. Yeah. Focus on this. Uh -huh. And so with that disassociation comes interoception. Interoception is what in the world's going on inside. So if you're disassociated, all of a sudden now you can understand, you can hear your heartbeat. You can feel uh, fluid movement in your body. So that's the the next step. And we're gonna feel we're going to feel it tomorrow. And so just for, without spoilers for the seminar tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just we'll uh, talk about anything. So you kind of look at it. This won't be out before tomorrow. Anymore, no, right? it yeah, won't. Yeah. And so you kind of, you kind of look at it like, do you try to go past first? You know, we're talking about like kind of being disassociated, being overly high. Uh -huh. Do you go past first? And then do you kind of look at these refocus mm. um, ideas? Well, so uh, I think people have a bit of misconception about when and how to use the breath work. Yes. And one of it is uh, they think you have to be very regimented about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my breath work every morning. 
your, your nervous system works in this pendulum. So you've got to recognize when the pendulum is swung the wrong way for too long. Uh-huh. Maybe you're too tired. Maybe you're too excited. And you can use the breath work and particularly the breath holds. When you start to disassociate, the pendulum starts to kind of relax back to the middle, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So the best example is uh, hangovers. You can absolutely kill hangovers with the Wim Hof stuff. I mean, dangerously get rid of them. Like get rid of them so well that by one o'clock in the afternoon, you don't even remember that you had a hangover and you're ready for round two, which, you know, take caution, uh, my friends. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, and it's because when you drink, it's not, we used to think hangovers came from uh, you're, you're dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Oh, the headache, I'm dehydrated. I need to drink this or do that. Maybe uh, part, partially, but more it comes from uh, the fact that when you drink, you become more parasympathetic. You become more rest and digest. You become more relaxed. And then, uh, and you also get a vascular dilation. Alcohol allows, that's why your heart rate goes up. Your alcohol uh-huh. allows this vascular dilation. So that means in the morning, you are sympathetic. You're angry and you don't even know why. You're irritated. You have a headache. You don't even know why. And, uh, and then with that vascular dilation, the night before, you get a vascular constriction. You have a headache. So you do breath work, you use a cold shower. You, you, you can swing it back to the center. So knowing that, once you start to kind of feel your nervous system, you can determine how ner- nervous am I about this opponent, how, you know, uh, whatever's happening. And you can totally gauge how you feel and apply the recipe that you need to get your nervous system kind of back in the center and skip breath work in the morning. If you're good, if you had an easy night, you had plenty of sleep, you don't really need, you know, you, you, it's, a, it's a tool to use when you need it. That is one that's really interesting. I, I think about like uh, conversations with some of my athletes and we talk about what you're trying, not just from a breathwork perspective, but what you're trying to feel when you compete. And how I always explain it is you're trying to feel even. Um, mm, because perfect, I go right? when I go too intense and I'm too gangster rap, I go, I miss a lot of things. There are a lot of things that happen and I just get too laser focused on, Mm. on one thing. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm too relaxed, it's that same idea of what happens will happen. And I don't care what happens, but there has to be some, at least some rhythm or some type of doing both. If you're a really high level competitor, you know, cause they're going to be, there's going to be offense and defense if you're in a high level match, right? That's a great insight. You're, you, you compete much more than I do and have more insight uh, than I do on that. So uh, it's, it's awesome to learn from you. And that makes so much sense because I'm, I'm thinking about the times that I've watched people get injured or seen injuries. And it was because we were too, uh, either we were too excited for sure. That's easy one. Or if you're too relaxed, if you're too relaxed, that's when you kind of roll the wrong way and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So that's a great way to put it. So um, kind of trying to think of off of that where yeah. I want to go with it. But there are I have a lot of questions off of just the, 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 the breathing and kind of the mental. We talked a lot about mental acuity last yeah, sure. time. Would you consider that with like your focus, with the focus breath work? Would that be the, the same idea or? Well, mental acuity, mental acuity diminishment happens uh, from CO2 buildup when you're in the middle of a match. Uh-huh. So if you're not breathing right in the middle of the match, you're garbage, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, right away. And then two, we think of breath work. We think of breathing heavy as a tell that we're tired. Mm-hmm. So you don't want the other guy to know that you're tired. So sometimes you're breathing light because you don't want, you don't like, you're really tired, but you don't breathe correctly. Uh-huh. Um, but man, you have to consider that. 
I think, because again, it's a technique. If you're getting tired of jujitsu at all for any reason, your cardio doesn't suck. You're just not breathing right. You're not using these tools in the, the moment of action. And it's not just jujitsu. I coach, uh, this year I coached high school lacrosse. Uh, I coached soccer. And uh, we were making the guys run sprints. The high schoolers run. So this is my first time coaching high school, which is a, is a whole new world. These guys have much more personalities than uh, the middle schoolers that I've been coaching. And, uh, and they're much more res- resilient, isn't the word. They're much more uh, uh, skeptical uh-huh. when I try and, you know, like I can't, like the middle schoolers believe anything I say, uh-huh. <laughs> but I start telling these high school guys and, you know, they're thinking about their dyed hair and their earrings and, and they're thinking about what's cool and stuff. And uh, breathing heavy is not cool. And (laughs) Instagram, you know, and snap those. They're the worst. The worst. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, my favorite thing that happened, I I had the guys run sprints, and I taught them how to do forceful exhales because sprinting and forceful exhales go hand in hand. Like uh, if you your CO two is building up, and you use a forceful exhale, I'll get away from the mic. If you push out, if you push out, out with a forceful exhale, you're emptying the lowest part of your diaphragm, which has the highest density. Uh, uh, the lowest part of your lungs have the highest density of alveoli. You're getting the best gas exchange down there. And you can recover and, and get energy the fastest using these forceful exhales. So I just said, guys, nose breathe. For all the nose breathers out there that are super concerned about nose breathing, I get it, a bunch of air sniffers. Uh, nose breathe as much as you can, as long as you can, all day long and all night. Tape your mouth shut if you're not, uh, if, you're no, if you're mouth breathing at all. But uh, forceful exhales during sprints, during a few moments in jiu-jitsu, Hicks and Gracie would teach that. And that's going to allow you to regain your mental acuity. And what I was going to say is I taught these guys to do sprints afterwards uh, I, I was giving them break time too, because that's one of the things stupid kind of high school coaches do. They kind of make you go too hard, I think. Of course. When we want you to do sprints and we want you to know how to recover. So practice sprinting and also practice recovering. Otherwise, what are we doing out there? And so I was teaching them how to recover and using kind of a Wim Hof style breath and using nose breathing when you could. If you're nose breathing, you know that you're recovered, but then forceful exhales when you're sprinting. And I had a kid come up after him was just like, oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was like the, the relief in the kid's eyes and his shoulders was like, I, I didn't know. I, I've never known what to do when nope. I did this. And I've always, and, and I think it was obvious that he had always been terrible at it because I was definitely one of those kids. And so uh, that's the deal, man. He learned the technique. The technique is, is stands on its own. It's not mine. It's, you know, Master Hicks and Gracie and, mm-hmm. and Wim Hofs and, and everyone before them that, that did this stuff. Everyone that wants to say it's from India. Thousands and thousands of years ago. Sure. Okay. That too. <laughs> yeah. But regardless of where it's from, That's it right. works here today. Yeah. I notice. Um, so that was something we did do a part of the last podcast on it. I had re-listened to it a few times. That was actually the first thing that I really implemented. Um, oh, really? Yes. Versus anything else. Because I really wasn't competing a lot when mm-hmm. you came and did the last one. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, when I started competing more, I started going back to more, you know, more, um, I would say I usually do more Wim Hof breathing two hours out, hour and a half out. But Perfect. same thing is I notice that sometimes that's not the breathing exercises that I need. And we'll do different movement like jujitsu movement while just breathing, you know, right. And while doing certain breath works and stuff, but kind of what you talked about, about breathing out, about forceful breathing, that is something I started to try to implement, mm. struggled to implement, and then I kind of came upon a way to implement it. Okay. And What'd I would get? like to, well, I would first like to hear what you do okay. um, because I would almost be curious as to if they're similar. Okay. Uh, so 
uh, mental acuity diminishment from. And I, I guess just more of a, a sure. specific part of this question yeah. is if somebody's new and trying to add these things to their jujitsu, add breath work yeah. to their actual rounds, what, how do you kind of explain how to start to add those things? Well, to me, that's the starting point for breath work for jujitsu, which is, I think comes from a totally different angle than most people because in jujitsu, the first, my favorite first move to teach someone if they don't know anything is how to escape mount. What if somebody's sitting on your chest and wants to punch you in the face? Like that's the worst place to be, right? Mm -hmm. Other than them having you on your back. But uh, so you teach them how to escape mount. All of a sudden, okay, the worst place, at least I have a tool there. So the worst place to be is what if you're stuck underneath somebody and they're crushing your your diaphragm a little bit and you can't and you're exhausted. That's the worst place to be. So how do you breathe in? Forcefully exhaling. Uh, there is a neutral zone. So forcefully exhaling below forcefully exhaling below the neutral zone is is going to really again connect. Uh, Hickson would say your mouth and your your chin and uh, and your lips all sort of connect to your diaphragm. And if you ever see me do the Hickson uh, mm -hmm. belly movements, if you look real close, you can see my mouth moving side to side with the stomach, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but so uh, what listeners could just uh, immediately try is uh, find the neutral zone. You do that by taking a big breath in and we could do it together. Take a big breath in and then you just let go. That's neutral. If you're sitting up, you should still have about 40% left. And what you'll notice is, uh, so when you're at neutral, if you only focus on pushing air out, and try this. So just push air out and find your belly button. And feel how your belly button flexes with each exhale. You can start to walk your fingers below, and, uh, and you'll feel how your diaphragm, you'll feel how your stomach flexes nearly to the bottom. And so what that's doing is uh, if you can get good at recognizing that flex and that contraction, Master Hickson said that's that's all that's important. He says breathing an inhale is not important. He says flex, pushing that air out because what you'll notice it does, it keeps your core strong. And then once you push the air out, the thing that's bringing the air back in is the vacuum that you created. Mm -hmm. So if you get sensitive to the vacuum you create, at first you just push air out over and over. But then you start to realize, oh, man, I don't really even have to bring air in. But once you get some momentum with that vacuum, then you can start taking some air in. And so that's the very beginning. Three to five, when you're exhausted, three to five forceful exhales will dump so much CO2 that you're, you're back mm -hmm. for, for a few moments. So I, I've gotten to train at uh, 11 elevation uh, uh, near us in California and at, uh, in Denver. Both of them are about 5,000 feet, 5,000, oh, 6,000 feet. And uh, I'm I'm a sea level guy, <laughs> yeah. And so and I train once a week, uh -huh. and I'll go and train. And I'm I'm nervous. I accidentally went to the competition class at, at Easton. <laughs> Shout out to Elliot, and uh, it was his class. And I meant to just go to like a regular afternoon class. He was like, "This is the competition class, by the way." I'm like, "Shit." Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to really focus on forceful exhales. But guess what, man? I'm 45. I made it through with all these young guys, and and and. Uh, uh, made it through with everything, never got to that point where I was like, I, you know, tapping out from exhaustion and stuff, which I for sure would have been before. And, and 6,000 feet compared to a zero is, 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 would make a significant difference. So that's it. Forceful exhales, my friends. I, I am the same exact thing. I've kind of, you explained it to me again. It was reiterated when I read the, no, 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 it wasn't when I read the book. Um, so I read the, the, um, the, uh, 
breathe book, the, the Hickson book. Next. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And so, uh, read that he kind of talks about different breathing exercises, but doesn't talk too much into it. Mm. And I was listening to an interview with Kron and he was oh. talking about, you know, like, yeah, cool. people, they go, what breathing exercise do you do? And he goes, yeah. well, he's like, I kind of do my own thing. He goes, cause I, he goes, my dad, he did his own thing. He goes, he says that he got his from listening to how animals breathe when they were doing stuff. And so as silly as it sounds, I started to grapple with my dog and my dog would (laughs) all the time when we would, anytime we would start to get fired up. And so part of my, is actually even my mental prep breathing exercise is that feel of those short exhales. And then when I'm in matches, those true deep exhale, those real forceful exhales as you put them. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and I do those awesome. in the gym all the time. And kind of how I was uh, asking about implementation is we have always talked about in a podcast, uh, this training method called designated winner. Okay. And it's this idea that you will, so the idea would be this, you're passing my guard, you're the designated winner, I'm giving you 20% resistance okay. to start, mm-hmm. but our both of our job is for you to get better at guard passing. Okay. So I am only giving you resistance to actually help you, totally. but you're the winner. If you decide to just power through stuff with no technique, you're the winner. You you get So there's no oh, fear of losing. Label. And so what we started doing with that, or what I started doing with that pretty quickly was, oh, I could tie my jujitsu moves to my breath work. Mm. And so while I'm on top, my certain defensive positions that I will sit in that I'll keep secret, you know, for, <laughs> for, for podcasts, um, <laughs> like when I maybe am for a, how some people would look at it as stalling, um, <laughs> having those tied into my breath work and then also having my faster paced moves where I know, Hey, the first move usually doesn't work here. I'm going to have to do two or three and really just while I'm drilling those and you're only giving me 20%. Yeah. So my resistance, I'm, there's no real worry about anything else. Right. And in this controlled environment, I can breathe. And then I find that when I'm going into rounds, like I'm sure that you feel this, hmm. you're not having to think about breathing a ton. You know, you, I'm sure you no, have thoughts yeah, on it. It's very, yeah. It's, but I'm sure your whole round is not dictated by, okay, should, what breath work should I be doing right now? What should I be doing right now? Yeah. You, you know how it feels and you know, it's probably pretty tied to your jujitsu. Um, kind of the argument we talk about with designated winner of where it comes from is it comes from how black belts do jujitsu. Cause mm-hmm. when you, you know, when you're going with a bunch of blue belts, you are the designated winner, right? <laughs> Regardless, yeah, whether they want it or not. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't really matter. That's so right. you get reps. Yeah. That's like, as black belts, we always say like, yeah, I get better now way faster with way less training than I ever did before. And a lot of times it's because, well, yeah, we get to practice winning constantly. But I notice with my breath work, getting to tie those two things together yeah. has been so helpful for, oh, it's awesome. like you kind of say, it's like, it's, I mean, yeah, my cardio still isn't the the best if we you know, we did something else but i really have great jujitsu cardio because i can breathe well it's very different too yeah because anxiety plays a big role in your jujitsu cardio oh yeah um yeah with each stride with each like uh a sharp strong movement uh you forcefully exhale right uh-huh. tennis players do it ping pong you know everybody does it uh, uh fighting any any punches do it kicks you always the, the sound that they make for whatever sport that they're doing if they make a sound when they strike uh, it's because it condenses, it makes a denser air pressure, it forcefully exhales, it tightens up your core. So they should be doing that if mm-hmm. they can. And then otherwise, uh, you hold your breath yeah. on accident. And so you got to learn how to recover if you've been holding your breath. And it's the same three to five forceful exhales 
you can monitor your breath using those forceful exhales. So they don't have to be so extravagant. You could just go somebody, I was doing that the other day and someone was like, are you whistling jazz? when you I was like, oh no, no. And I was telling them, you just use the pattern to recognize the pattern. Then when the pattern ends, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I was holding my breath. You use like another part of your brain to hold, to monitor the pattern. And then, you know, if you've been holding your breath and so then you can get a little bit, uh, a few deeper ones and then nose breathing, of course, just for anyone who's thinking about it or, 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 or it's like, but what about the, you know, you should be nose breathing for so many things. You should nose breathing. What it does is helps you allow your CO2 to build up enough. So we need a, a level of CO2 in order to make oxygen bioavailable for the tissues in order to release it from the hemoglobin in your blood. So you got to use some sort of restricted breath. It doesn't necessarily have to be nose breathing, but nose breathing is a nice way to use mm-hmm. a restricted breath. So for a jogging pace, for like a moderate pace, nose breathing is going to be your best friend and get rid of the stitches that you might get or the pains that you get from running. And then you switch to the forceful exhales for your sprints. Random question. Do you ever notice when you're grappling with somebody, if they're breathing is not very good that you could take advantage of that like that you could oh for sure i mean you can do you can do a scarf hold from side control right you just sit on a a, Uh a tight side control and then especially if they're breathing heavy i don't do this much but you could definitely just start waiting for each breath and closing in (laughs) with each breath Uh just to just to i mean most people kind of bring up their breath work when they roll with me because I think because I breathe sort of uh, weird when I roll, right? Because I'm always kind of doing something weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, now I totally notice how bad, you know, when people get exhausted and they're on the bottom and their chest is just bouncing up uh-huh. and down and you almost, you're, you almost kind of like, I want to stay, take a step back, like, you know, get it together, yeah. fella. Like, yeah. yeah. Hey, maybe you should take a few breaths. But, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But then but, and sometimes I hold them and sometimes I breathe heavy to show them like, hey, to like to have them recognize breath. And you can see, you can see people calm down. I think that's a uh, misconception too. People think that, it, man, that it takes a long time to, to change your state, but it doesn't. It takes like three to five breaths. Mm-hmm. It takes just a few. So, man, get that masterfully going. And then you're going to be control when you can take it with you. You're going to be in control when you jog, when you hike, when you do things that you've never done before because you know how to manage your energy. Could you, for us, explain what the thoughts, the thought bubble that pops into your head when you do your three to five reps, let's say it's specifically in a round of jujitsu, but then if it's any different when you are running or when you are doing something different. The thought bubble, I mean, I can, you know, I can tell when I get exhausted, I'll do something and I'll get like exhausted. And then it really sounds like I'm going to pull the mic away. It's exaggerated yeah. because I want to dump, it doesn't take long. And then I'm back and then I'm, I'm, I'm back right away. And then I can switch back to my nose or something lighter. I'm so excited to be here and all the fun we're going to have this weekend. I'm, I'm like breathing with my chest and, and (laughs) breathing bad Uh right now on the podcast. But, uh, that's part of the, uh, recognizing that you have to realize, Uh you know, that makes sense that, that from an understanding perspective, that makes so much sense when you are, when you're doing Agreed, Logan. I see Logan's head's just shaking up and down. <laughs> He's going, yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. Um, so when you- hey, guys, Josh McKinney here. Just wanted to interrupt this episode really quick and ask you guys a question. 
Are you enjoying this episode? Are you enjoying this interview with Miles? Are you getting something out of it? Is it something that could help you get better at jujitsu? If you answered yes to those questions, then please, could you give me a five-star review on the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show? Whatever, uh, whatever app you are using to watch this, whether it is Spotify, whether it's Apple Music, um, whether it's Google Podcasts, or even if you are on YouTube, um, if you could give me a review, and especially a very positive review, I would greatly appreciate that. It would help us spread the good word of jujitsu, the good word of breathwork, the good word of all of these fun things that we discuss on the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. And if you decide not to, I get it. I wouldn't do it either. Regardless, let's get back to this interview. Um, so when you were kind of looking at, actually, let me ask you this, Miles, where should we go from here? You are, I am, I am still feeling like when we talk about this stuff, I'm like, man, I still feel so white belt communicating with the black belt. So it's hard for me to know exactly where the best place to, for somebody was a listener, what would be a helpful thing for them with these ideas that we've been talking about and I'm gonna just steer the direction. You tell me ice baths. You gotta be. Ice oh no. Not- I wanted to talk about this, but I need to tell you something miles. <laughs> what? What's what's wrong? I've adapted almost everything. <laughs> oh yeah. What do you mean? Except but, for ice baths. <laughs> you scared, <laughs> but no, no, I just don't. It's okay. more of a availability thing. Yeah. yeah I find sure. that it's hard to find because yeah. if I'm doing them, I want them to be consistent and then it's like I'm having to buy ice all the time yeah, yeah, or sure. having to. Sure. So, first oh, of all, tell me yeah. why I should be ice I, oh ice bathing. God. I mean, if you look at my latest post on Instagram, I posted uh, uh, Andrew Huberman, who's kind of everyone's like science uh, uh, teacher right now. Yeah. We're all going to Stanford for yeah. neurobiology uh-huh. because he's so yeah, prolific. He's the, he's the Joe Rogan of neurobiology. <laughs> yeah, you know? For sure. Yeah. Um, and he's, he says... Uh, one ice bath for three hours lasts this potential two and a half time boost in uh, adrenaline and dopamine. The precursor to adrenaline is dopamine. So mm-hmm. this two and a half time accelerate boost in dopamine, which is also that's the happiness and mm-hmm. focus drug. And the only thing, the only one thing that is similar to that is cocaine. That's it. So why don't I just do cocaine? Well, I mean, you could do that too, but great, great uh, uh, question because when you do cocaine, it changes your baseline of what you need of dopamine. So if if you feel good here, you do some cocaine. Now you need, now you're up here. Yeah. You need some more cocaine. You do some more cocaine. Now you're up here. Do you remember? Miles, I'll take an ice bath. Okay. (laughs) Do you remember my favorite commercial? I still Google it every once in a while. There was this old drug commercial. You know, I'm 10 years older than you probably, 15 years maybe. Um, But uh, uh, it was this guy, like it was an interview with this black and white guy. And he's looking around and uh, and he was like, I do cocaine so I can work more, so I can earn more. And he's looking around again and he's like, so I can do more coke. <laughs> so I can work longer. So I can earn more. So I can do more coke. And he's on this t- carpet and he just starts walking in a circle and it just starts, he starts going faster and faster and faster. And it ends with always chasing rainbows. Oh. 
<laughs> it's the greatest, most insane commercial ever. But that's what Coke does. Okay. okay. So, uh, so ice, ice baths, baths. You get uh, the same three-hour potential increase, and it doesn't change your baseline. And when you hop out of the ice bath, guess what? Your dopamine isn't you, – you haven't maxed out. It, start, it continues to rise, and it continues to stay high. So you can get this boost in dopamine, this potential three-hour boost, uh, over and over. And actually, we need – probably we need about three hours to replenish our adrenals. That's still sort of up in the air. One and a half hours doesn't cut it, by the way. We, we know that from uh, latest studies, but uh, three hours potentially does. So I have a cold plunge. Shout out to Cold Plunge. Uh, they sponsor Breath Fitness now, and uh, it's incredible. I have just a, an awesome cold plunge in the backyard, and I'm in that thing three times a day. I have my office outside. I'm San really? Diego weather. I do my work outside. You know, even if it's hot, it'll be 80 degrees. I'll work on my computer. The computer starts to burn your fingers. It gets so hot. I shut it down. I hop in the ice bath for my favorite uh, Anderson Pack song, and then uh, and then I'm off. I'm then I'm good. And then I'm good to go again. And it is awesome. I mean, it's like I'm doing coke all day long, <laughs> as much as I want. Which I I hear is the only way to do coke. You know, I hear that's, that's right. the only way to you know. And so, do your ice that's baths right. all day long. You don't want to do a little coke. You want to do a lot. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So tomorrow, I've got the eight man ice bath. We got the, like I think we almost have twenty people coming, and uh, and I am gonna get fifteen hundred pounds of ice. That's seventy twenty pound twenty five or twenty pound bags. And we are going to fill that thing up and just pop in and out of it and have a crazy time and be high on Coke feeling, but uh, in a natural way, nature's Coke. Take it easy over there, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After we, we're going to go to dinner, hopefully some of the guys will all hang out after. But yeah, so that's it. So ice baths would be, man, you got, if you're not doing them, I mean, if you have, if you have any issue with mood at all, Find a cold shower. Find an ice bath. I mean, you could start with cold showers. The cold, the showers here in St. Louis kind of suck right now. Yeah. They're very unfulfilling. Yeah. But two things you could do. You grab a shoe bag, uh, like a mesh shoe bag, fill it full of two cubes, two trays of ice, and you got a two-minute cold ice melt shower right there. Okay. So you tie that up to your shower. Super easy to do. Or second thing, if you do, if you do not have uh, any way to do that and you need a boost, you want that boost, Cold is very precise. So somebody puts a cold hand on your back, you know how many fingers they have. If they put a warm hand on your back, you can't tell. It's yeah. just warm. So cold is very precise on your skin. So what you can do in a not-so-cold shower is go in super slow, ooh, ooh, and, and like just gradually, gradually go in, especially when it hits the sides in your lower back. You could just intentionally make it worse and uh -huh. worse, <laughs> and that's going to help possibly give you a, a little bit more of that that dopamine adrenaline boost you, you make it worse right uh -huh. the easy thing to do is hop in and just work history around but you just force yourself to make it worse so right. how you're feeling during it matters yeah and uh and then who just came out uh the owner of morosco forge uh this ice bath company they have awesome ice baths that make ice he's had these incredible and accidental testosterone, giant testosterone boost when he started doing ice baths. And he just came out with an article about the difference between a cold plunge and an ice bath. And it's significant. You've got to get in, you've got to get into something. Uh, I mean, it's significant. The, uh, the sensation has to be significant. Uh -huh. You've got to get in and be gasping really? a little bit. And one of the things that people do that I think they're wasting it 
is have you ever seen people do ice baths where they don't do anything? They just get in and they can like, they're, they're like giving you a lesson or something on Instagram or something dumb. And they're, they're totally masking how they feel inside. Uh-huh. They're like, yes, this doesn't really, they're all stoic. And they're uh-huh. like, they act like it doesn't affect them. Can you imagine how silly they are missing the best part? They are masking the best part, the awfulness, the, <gasps> yeah. They're they're totally masking it. Can you imagine having an uh, breathing slowly and stoically going through an orgasm? What would the point of that be? <laughs> that would be absolutely pointless. You gotta let let loose, baby. Let be free. Take some big breaths. Let it be awful. Let it feel good. Um, and so that's how I think that you should do an ice bath. Otherwise, you're missing it. Okay. So to just reiterate, <laughs> yeah. the ice bath will replace your cocaine and now your testosterone. Mm. Uh, so you don't need to be on the gear. Yeah. And then your orgasms too. So it's uh, <laughs> ice baths, man. I, I'm telling you. I, I can't wait them? to do the group ice bath together, you know, <laughs> right. with the team. It's going to be extra hard too. Because you make that, remember, you felt it before. I have great pictures of you smiling in the ice bath. If you're not moving, you may create this little oh, layer. Yeah. And then, uh, but otherwise, if there's a bunch of people in there, you'll all be still for a moment. And the first guy to move, everyone else frowns like, what are you doing? And then, you know, it's uh, it's more difficult. That sounds that sounds <laughs> a little bit. That sounds, sounds fun. Yeah. So if you were starting out with ice baths, you gave us some ways of more, just some simple ways of like accessibility. But yeah. if you have, um, let's go super cheap. That's what you want to know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's cheapest way. You wouldn't even know if you could do it regular. This is the best way to do it. First, you can still start grabbing a couple of big bags of ice from Costco, Sam's, uh, dollar store, get the, go to the, the cheap spots. You probably want 40 to 60 pounds right now in the summertime here. You want 60 pounds. You want the sting of the ice too. The moment you put the ice in, it's going to melt. So, uh, don't put the ice in until the get the smallest bathtub you can find. You get in the you 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 put the ice in there and get in right away. So don't make any time in between, but keep a bag of ice to the side. And so you get in, it's cold. You feel kind of good. Grab the last bag and dump it on yourself like an ice fiend, <laughs> and uh, and then you'll get some of the sting of the cold. And so that's the beginning. If you can stand it and you like it, you like that dopamine boost, then. Uh, the cheapest way, number two, is to get yourself a chest freezer. And you don't have to convert it. Like people convert theirs into ice baths. And uh, uh, John uh, of the, the Cold Plunge community made this awesome Facebook group. He even makes p- pond liners for uh, refrigerator for deep freezers, which is awesome. I would recommend getting the pond liner. And you got to seal it up, and it's a bunch of do-it-yourself work. But use your chest freezer for meat. And then Tupperware, put some Tupperware in there and make big ice cubes. So that would be number that two. Makes sense. And if you even want to, if the, the water is so high, I would say make big ice cubes. Like I make uh, 20 pound ice cubes. And then also go to Costco, grab a ba- uh, case of mini water bottles and throw that in a mesh equipment bag. Freeze those things. And then you just drop it right in the water. It sounds like Rice Krispies. <laughs> they all like crisp up. Pull that out, stick that back in your freezer, and then put a big couple of big chunks of ice in there. So now total you spent maybe 200 bucks on a used d- decent sized chest freezer and you spent uh, you got to get the good containers cuz mm-hmm. most of them break yeah. so 60 bucks for the real nice rubber made containers and then uh, you know maybe you want to do the water bottles if your water is real hot but that's that's option so you've never 300 bucks max and now you're ice bath and if you rotate those uh, big cubes you can ice bath every day that makes sense. I I like that. That's a, those are good <laughs> options. How often for a beginner is maybe not even optimal, but like 
just for someone to start to try to build a habit of ice baths? So you, you, in one week you, from one ice bath, you get like this boost in white blood cells for an entire week. Um, so that's pretty cool. You get a lingering effect of the ice bath, but I mean, it's such a mood boost, man. I mean, do it. You know, you could have a tub of water out here. Well, I bet the ground temperature here is maybe 60 at night. They would get to like sixties. So you could get out there and sit 15 minutes in a tub of water that you just had sitting out after you swapped, you know, got the, your mosquito net out of it and you pulled the mosquitoes out <laughs> <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> um, so as much as you need to, whenever you need that, that boost in mood, I think that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, inflammation, we can talk about that too. There was an awesome study that came out. The original people that were studying the Wim Hof stuff, they... Uh, have been studying ever since. They came out with a study last year where they separated the breath work, uh, fast breathing, breath holds, and the cold exposure because they want to know what each part did. Uh-huh. And it turned out that cold exposure on its own, on its own doesn't change your, your blood marker inflammation all that much. So on its own, definitely big boost in mood, uh, boost in your immune response uh, as far as how you feel from uh, your body fighting something off, a change in pain. If you have pain from inflammatory disease or, or pain from training or anything like that, change in pain, cold exposure on its own will do that. But inflammatory markers in your blood, like if you really have an inflammatory disease that you're concerned about and you're trying to re- reduce uh, inflammatory cytokines in your blood markers, uh, breath work is actually what does that. But then if you add it in the cold exposure afterwards, you get another 40% increase in the inflammatory marker shifts in your blood. So anti-inflammatory cytokines up, inflammatory cytokines down. So Wim had it right the whole time. There's this synchronicity between breath work and cold exposure. So that's the order you should do them in. If that's, and I think that's a little bit of a concern with everybody. We're all kind of inflamed from all the steak and, and wine and every, you know, beers and everything that you and love. Cocaine. And probably, cocaine. Yeah. I don't, we don't have to do cocaine anymore. Oh yeah. Sorry, done. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot. I was still addicted to it. I forgot. <laughs> That's right. You'll be done soon. You'll just, uh, get you a chest freezer. It's over. <laughs> okay. So, um, on uh, what about post workout? What are your thoughts on? Do you do? Do you have any thoughts post workout yeah. for cold exposure? Yeah, I mean it feels awesome. And there's a lot of haters out there that uh, their their coach their coaches stuck them in an ice bath after training, and I think they're still mad. So they're making these weird studies, like where they this one guy. There was a study where uh, right after resistance training on their leg extensions, they put uh, one leg in a 32 degrees for 10 minutes or something. And Josh, you're not going to believe this. The leg they froze, yeah, the, they lost their gains. They didn't have the same gains. <laughs> uh-huh. So if you freeze your leg yeah. after resistance training, yeah, you're, you're not going to have the same gains. But uh, a study came out too that uh, some people did after leg extensions, they did uh, 50 – 50 degrees, which is a, that's a cold plunge. That Uh is a cold bath. 50 degrees for 10 minutes. And in three muscle measurements, there was no difference. So you got to really be crazy cold to affect the inflammation, the the good inflammation that you get from gains. Mm -hmm. So right after training is awesome. Yeah. I mean, and if you're, if you're not like specifically worried about, you know, getting more muscle on top of your muscle, then man, hop in the ice bath, hop in at least the cold plunge. 50 to 55 that is a that's a, a awesome temperature to sort of hang out in like i have my morning coffee mm-hmm. in that yeah <laughs> you know and then uh because it's not, it's kind of cold to warm up it's harder to warm up then so then when it starts to get hotter your only concern 
Again, other from that, uh, a little bit of just freezing your muscles off. The only yeah. concern is uh, where do you have to warm up? That's how long you should go. Figure out where you have to warm up. If you got the sunshine out, cool. Go longer. Go colder. If you if you don't have anything, if it's you know if it's first thing in the morning and, and you don't have a sauna, don't go as long. Two yeah. minutes. Keep it around two to three minutes. So. I'm hitting you with a lot of information. I, I'm, I'm just trying to ask as many questions as I can think of. Um, so on, okay. So uh, I don't even know if you're going to get all, turn into the Hulk and like hit me for even using this word, but, oh, I can't wait. but saunas. Oh, I did you. How do you feel about them? Are you going to, are you turning green on me? What is the, what's the verdict? <laughs> so that's so funny. Once, once we love something, it seems like we have to like you have deny to hate the other. Thing. Yeah, you have to yeah. deny the other thing. If you love vegetables, well, you got to hate meat. If you love meat, you got to hate yep. vegans. It's that's it's such a weird, but yep. we all sort of do it. Uh, yeah, sauna's are amazing. You got to be kidding me. And uh, and I don't do them very much, but I was just last mm. week. I was at uh, Grappler's Retreat in Mendocino all week, and uh, it was an incredible time. I was uh, uh, just experiencing a retreat there, and they had a sauna there. And what I realized, I think is that uh, I the that when you adapt to cold now this is just my own anecdotal when you adapt when your uh, body adapts uh, to thermal regulation it also goes the other way so I was able to handle like hours I was able to handle long periods in the sauna and I never used to be able to do that and the, everyone around me was like like why are you still in here you know like I'm like I mean I don't know this feels awesome <laughs> why aren't you guys um, so yeah saunas are amazing. Uh, you know, contrast therapy is cool. If it feels good to you, do it. Uh, end with cold. You, you got all these tiny little muscles around your vascular system. So you need to exercise those muscles. And if you're, if you're just, if artificial temperatures are, are creating your shift, then you're not really using those muscles as much. Mm -hmm. So it's like you get cold, you let your body uh, warm up. You, you, your body warms up itself. You get hot, then maybe you let your body cool down itself too, you know? So uh, I think it works both ways. Going back and forth, if it's fun to you and it feels great, for sure do it. I mean, life, that's what life's about, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, probably best to end on cold and let your body adapt and, and strengthen. And, and, you know, we got to do difficult stuff to grow, right? So Makes sense to go. me. Yeah. So you kind of hinted on it. I think it's a good place to kind of uh, – to kind of finish out, you okay. um, talked about some doing a retreat. Mm. Um, let's hear about, you just told me we were talking a little bit before, you're saying that that's kind of been your focus lately. Or when, a focus. When lately. we, yeah, and it's not unintentional too, but I think more and more retreats are happening. And when you get to experience focus without the outside noise of jobs and everything going on and you're kind of vacation style and when you get to experience that focus on certain things, whatever it is, then man, you seem to make nice leaps and bounds of improvement. An example would be when I became a Wim Hof instructor, I, I never went on retreats. I was not a vacation guy at all. I just uh, ever did it. And then on day three or so, every day we're doing some movement out in the, the grass. We're doing breath work. We're doing cold exposure. And my, I remembered almost 60 people's names at this retreat. I couldn't believe it. And it didn't really work. This stuff didn't really work like how it could have. It took me three days of doing it over and over yeah. and over and with complete focus. And uh, so I think the same is with jujitsu. Um, now, a lot of people are wanting to incorporate 
breath work and cold exposure with jujitsu, which is awesome. So in April of 2024, I'll be the host of a retreat in Mendocino County, a grapplers retreat. It's an awesome retreat. Uh, Right now, Hodger Gracie's there. Uh, You got to catch the retreats early. They sell out right away because there's 16 people there. There's uh, room or spaces for 16 people. It's incredible food. You get uh, made to order breakfast and, and incredible food all week. We train twice a day, which is awesome. So you need some recovery things going on. They're right at the crest of a river and the ocean. So we got the river to jump in. We got the ocean to jump in. Uh, and it's awesome. And well, Logan's looking for the link right now. Yeah. I can <laughs> see him. The, retreat? He's Jamming. swinging his hands around. He's like, hey, April 2024. I think I'm free that day. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Come on, guys. It is so fun. Uh, uh, the owner, Alex, he built this retreat center and it's just been slowly adding to it more and more. You know, first he built, the, he was teaching in the county and then he built his own dojo there and then he built the dorms and he is dedicated to stuff. He's a black belt. He, he's uh, uh, totally focused on this. I was like, man, you, you know, you could do uh, yoga retreats here and stuff too. He's like, yeah, I don't do yoga though. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I get it. You yeah. are, yeah, no, this, yeah, this is, is for you. This I get is, that. Yeah. yeah, which, I mean, there is no better. Uh, uh, those are the kind of people you want to deal with. Those are the kind of places you want to be. Um, super, super cool. We talked about trying to do one uh, a couple times, but it's always like they fill too fast. Or it's like, man, the travel plus the cost. Yeah, it seems like it's always one of those like bucket list things. For sure. Well, reach out to me because, so now we started a company, Roll, Breathe. Uh-huh. We roll, breathe, retreats. And uh, we went to Tulum last year. Uh, it was awesome. We had 16 people. Uh, we we trained. We would do ice baths. We'd do breath work every day. Um, and then we would go to beaches and we would drink. And it was awesome. And you recover from your hangover and then <laughs> we'd do it again. Um, you didn't have to drink. Some people did it. But uh, it was an incredible time. We have uh, this October, we have Bali coming up. So we're doing it in Bali. My business partner, Nick. And uh, uh, he's a black belt, former king of the cage guy, has a, a gym in San Diego. Uh, Bali. <laughs> <laughs> Bali's going to be awesome. We're doing it dead cheap. We're doing it as cheap as possible because uh, we're still kind of new to this. And, uh, and we just want to make sure that we have uh, an awesome group. And uh, we're not using any companies to do it. So we're doing, uh, we got the Airbnb. We got the food stuff set up. We got the gym stuff set up. And so we're, because we kind of uh, did everything ourselves, uh, we're, we're going to be driving you around. We got the rides. We're renting the cars. Like, uh, because we did it all ourselves, it's, it, you can't go to Bali any cheaper. And not only that, when you travel somewhere with a group, way different. Like if you're going to go to Bali on your own, there you and your girlfriend is, is by the, you know, like hanging out mm. and, uh, you know, maybe talking to a few people or something. We're rolling 16 deep. And so we're going to have uh, what we experienced last retreat was that uh, we gave all this time for people to kind of go off and do, get, go to the dunes and see cool pyramids and do stuff. People did do that, but everyone wanted to stay together. We like, we were so surprised. We couldn't believe it, but it's because we all do jujitsu. You know, like we all have this uh, uh, common mindset of the stuff that we love and to roll deep in a new country. That is the way to do it, man. We had just an awesome time. So, yeah, Oh, you guys did good. Uh, you guys brought it deep to St. Louis recently. We did. Yeah, we did. Awesome. We won the St. Louis Open. It was really fun. Doing a lot of breath work, man. <laughs> that's uh, it, man. On on these retreats, just to kind yeah. of finish out, what are – it's two, actually two questions. You can sure. kind of just answer both. Sure. What would somebody get out of it? Like looking for yeah. – you know, what would they be wanting – you know, cause I'm sure that people will go, okay, I, I'm really interested in the stuff that's being talked about. Yeah. You know, what would I get 
if I did one of these retreats? And then two, how would they get into contact with you, get on your newsletter, get on whatever they would need to, 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 to be able to kind of follow. And cause really there aren't, there aren't a lot of breath work black belts. Yeah. There really, there really are not a lot. And so, and you kind of even said some of the stuff you're going to be showing, you can't even Google it. And so some people are going, all right, miles, (laughs) well, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) And so maybe just, uh, you know, like what they would get out of it. And then some thoughts on, Hey, this is how you could contact me. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are you going to get out of it? I mean, the, the, I wish I had a, a, a full another hour because it's just uh, uh, the Mendocino one, for instance, is going to be three full days of breath work and training. And I'm like, I'm just cutting stuff out of it constantly. I yeah. can't get that much stuff in there uh, in three days, but uh, in, in three days, you'll, you'll for sure experience the benefits of this stuff. But uh, how about we were talking about earlier? It changes your short-term memory. So how about you do some breath work before you train jujitsu? All of a sudden it's uh, when you get a big boost of adrenaline, that's what PTSD is. You got this big boost of adrenaline. Now those memories are stuck in there. So you can use that mechanism by boosting your adrenaline when you're learning something, right before you learn something. And that's going to settle in a little bit better. So not only you do some breath work before you do the jiu-jitsu and whatever you learned, and typically these retreats are uh, you know, taught by uh, some amazing people. In September, I'm going to be at the Jiu-Jitsu Lifestyle Summit retreat as an instructor that uh, is here on Gracie's retreat. So, I mean, you're, you know, you have the opportunity, that one's all sold out guys, but uh, <laughs> you have the opportunity to, to uh, take the information of these super high level guys uh, and really implant it. And then in three days, I can teach you how to manage your energy during jujitsu for sure. We could talk about how to not get tapped by a scarf hold, not get tapped by a body triangle. Then, uh, and then I can teach you how to breathe in between rounds how to manage your heart rate. Well, you manage your heart rate. You already, you just tapped into meditation. So uh, those almost go hand in hand, how to manage your heart rate in ice. And then uh, all along we're working on anxiety, how to control anxiety. So you breathe heavy, you breathe, you, you accelerate your anxiety a little bit, and then you bring it back down. And all of a sudden now you're controlling anxiety. So those would be the big things. I mean, really all the pieces of energy control, managing your anxiety and how to recover in jujitsu. That's what you can learn in a retreat. And again, they're, they're tools. You keep uh, uh, some notes and you have those tools and then you can just kind of refer to them and you'd be able to potentially, like I did, I learned this stuff uh, in a day. I learned it in a Joe Rogan's podcast on Wim's first thing. You uh-huh. know, I started doing it. All of a sudden, like, I was high. I learned how to get high on my own supply in a, in a, on a podcast, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's really, the, the, the techniques are really that simple to learn. Mm-hmm. And then you can refine them over time and whatever. But so, I mean, as far as really solidifying information, retreats are definitely, or or just, you know, condensed time to focus is is what's going to accelerate your performance uh, the quickest. All right. And then how would somebody find out about this? How would they be able to get into contact with you? Breath Fitness is my website, Uh breath.fitness. And Breath Fitness on every other channel hopefully should lead to me. There might be one. If you just uh, Google search breath fitness, hopefully, I think there's one out of the 10 that's not my stuff. So uh, my, I do a lot of stuff on YouTube. Uh, I'm on Instagram quite a bit. And uh, I have an app coming out, the Breath Fitness app. It's going to be, right. yeah, it's cool. It's going to be a, a, 
uh, what would you call it? A desktop app that you saved your home screen on your phone because mm-hmm. I'm going to handle it all because I can't stand updates mm-hmm. when you got your app has to update and then Apple always makes you like re you know reboot new stuff when they add in stuff. You're not going to have to do any of that. It's a, the Breath Fitness app is going to be a calculator for your nervous system. So it's like, how do I want to feel? Crack, tap a button. There is guided breath work to feel that way. That's pretty cool. If you want to learn why it does what it does, sure, fine. You can take the uh, the Breath Fitness course, the AKA Breath Jitsu. <laughs> you can take the course and, and get your belt levels up in Breath Jitsu. Become a black belt in Breath Jitsu if you want. But uh, that's less exciting to me than just having uh, this Breath Fitness app. So you, you got to get that through the website. All right, sweet. Well, we'll make sure to link that in the description. Cool, man. Last little thing. We've, you got to experience the finisher of how do you suck less at jiu-jitsu? No longer our finishing, finishing question. Mm. Um, and I'm sure you'll have a fun perspective on this. So I've got to make sure to ask, okay. uh, I'm nervous no, no, it's a, it's a simple one, but I should have given you warning. I should have given you time to think about it. Um, but yeah, I would refocus. Uh, uh, I would do some cocaine and refocus right now. Um, but what is some of or the best jujitsu advice that you've ever gotten? Man, that's, uh, I mean, aside from saying uh, breath work, and I do think breath work makes the rest work. Mm-hmm. So I've had the, we're all connected with the internet these days. I've been to Marcelo Garcia's school. I've been to, uh, I have uh, was on his online academy on one of those rolling deals. I got his like on, half off. I got Hodger Gracie's half off. Um, so this is the advice that uh, and I'm not sure who shared this with me or if it was a revelation uh, just during the process. I've done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for 25 years. And at one point, I realized that the amount of moves, I always thought, man, I want to know all the moves. And, you know, I want to know them all. I'm, I'm making little mind maps on napkins and shit, go to different different things. And I realized at one point that the amount of moves is infinite. And then they sort of cycle and they keep they rotating and they start come back and, and it, but you're never going to know them all. Mm-hmm. So n- having that in mind, uh, improvisation seems to be the most valuable tool because you got to be able to adapt to whatever's going on. So know that you're never going to know all the moves and then develop a style that feels good to you, that you like, that keeps you safe. You protect your ears, you protect your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? You protect your knees, you protect your fingers and uh, you develop this style that keeps you safe. And you give up some positions in order to keep yourself safe and use improvisation to uh, continue to evolve and adapt. And then you're going to see these first principles that transcend the moves. So there's 36 butterfly sweeps, but they all fall along three principles. If you know the principles, you can adapt and you can improv the rest. Mm -hmm. So that's it, guys. You're never going to know all the moves. Just create your style. Be safe. Create a supplemental routine that strengthens your joints, joint strengthening routine, and uh, and use improv and have fun. Miles, thank you for being on the show, man. <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you. We're going to have a great time tomorrow. Yes, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> and that is the episode. Uh, man, to me, there is nothing to add. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. Please make sure to give us a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode. Share it with a friend. Never share it with an enemy, though, because it's just too much power for them to have. Uh, 
Hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Big thank you uh, to Miles Lucas for uh, for being on the show, just dropping so much knowledge on that episode. Huge thank you to guest producer Logan Wayne. I didn't specify that. You guys may have thought for a second that I was going to be having Bryce produce for me on this one, but... Bryce was out of town being too fancy, being too good for us. And so Logan filled in and just crushed it, even even jumped in on the podcast, asked a few questions on the episode too, which was a lot of fun. Um, but that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it so much that you don't even feel weird about giving me that five-star review. And most importantly, I hope that today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day, guys.